You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled, What's for Dinner? Hello my radio friends. Thank you for tuning in today to hear more from God's Holy Word, the Bible. I feel confident that God himself takes an interest in you as you endeavour to learn more from his holy book. I'm also confident that as you take in what is presented via this program, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. It's my hope that you are or will be able to identify yourself as one of God's people. You know, going to a new restaurant can be an interesting experience. On one of our wedding anniversaries, my wife and I had dinner in an Italian restaurant in North Adelaide. I ordered an exotic-sounding dish, and when it arrived, it was a mountain of pasta with a few sprigs of parsley to add colour. The first few mouthfuls tasted fine. But as I worked my way through the meal, I liked it less and less, until I had to abandon eating it and sat there watching my wife enjoying what she had. On another occasion, while overseas, I ordered what I thought was a wholesome, tasty, healthy meal with a broccoli base. Yes, it had a broccoli base, plus a broccoli middle and a broccoli top. The broccoli was almost raw. I would have been just as well off had I gone to a green grocery store and bought a head of broccoli and munched on that. Enough of my unfortunate eating in restaurant experiences. But how often have you heard the question, What's for dinner, Mum? My sister and her husband used to live in the country. Cooking was done on a wood-fired stove. My brother-in-law used to chop the blocks of wood into usable pieces that would fit into the stove. My sister reminded my, uh, my brother-in-law on one occasion that he needed to chop more wood because the supply was almost gone. And he probably forgot. One evening, later on, when my brother-in-law came home from work, he asked, What's for dinner, love? Imagine his surprise when he sat down there on the table with the plates all laid out. Sitting on his plate was a large lump of wood. There was no dinner, but the next day there was a large amount of chopped wood ready enough to last for a few weeks. He got the message. So when you sit down for dinner, what will you get? Here we have a suitable illustration of what I want to speak about today. Is what you eat attractive, tasty, wholesome and healthy? Or is it attractive but unwholesome and bad for you? Do you take into your body that which will do you good? Or are you eating garbage? I want to share an article printed in the New York Times newspaper dated November 21, 2002. The headline for the article reads 
teenagers' suit says McDonald's made them obese. Jaslyn Bradley loved her McDonald's supersized. A McMuffin in the morning and the Big Mac meal with an apple pie in the evening was standard operating procedure for her. Ashley Pellman was more of a happy meal girl. She liked the prizes. Ms Bradley is a 19-year-old, 5 foot 6 and 270 pounds girl. Ms Pellman, 14, is a 4 foot 10 and weighs 170 pounds. Now the two teenagers are suing McDonald's Corporation and the two Bronx franchises they frequented for damages related to their obesity. Yesterday, a judge in the United States District Court in Manhattan heard a motion to dismiss the case presented by lawyers for McDonald's. At the heart of the lawsuit brought by Ms Pellman and Ms Bradley is whether McDonald's is responsible for their obesity because it did not provide the necessary information about health risks associated with its meals. If their lawyer, Samuel Hirsch, makes it to trial with the suit, he hopes to turn it into a class action on behalf of all New York children under age 18 who claim health problems, they say, resulted from eating at McDonald's. The company lawyers argued yesterday that the case did not even warrant the court's attention, saying the matter was really about common sense and individual responsibility. Every responsible person understands what is in products such as hamburgers and fries, as well as the consequences to one's waistline and potentially to one's health of excessively eating those foods over a prolonged period of time, the lawyers wrote in their motion to have the case dismissed. Saying this knowledge has been well known for generations, they quoted Benjamin Franklin, who said, To lengthen thy life, lessen thy meals. And another quote from Henry David Thoreau, who said there is a difference between eating and drinking for strength and for mere gluttony. But Mr Hirsch said the chain's billion-dollar advertising campaign encourages children to find their inner glutton. At the heart of this court action is the question, who is to blame? Are the girls to blame because they chose to avail themselves what was freely available? Or is the company McDonald's to blame because they made the food available? Well, it's common knowledge that fast foods like what is sold in McDonald's outlets is tasty and possibly attractive, but it's loaded with fat, salt and sugar, and that's probably why it's tasty. Often fast food is called junk food and advertising campaigns present that kind of food as very desirable and cheap. <laughs> but really, this program is not so much about physical food. 
It's about mental, moral and spiritual food. Physical food is taken in through the mouth, but the mental, moral and spiritual food is taken in via the senses and, like fat, is stored, except in this case is in our minds. In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 is a short but pertinent statement. It says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The modern parallel to that is, You are what you eat. So what is it that you take into your mind through the senses? Are you taking in cheap, readily available, presented to look good stuff? What kind of books or magazines do you read? What kind of TV programs do you watch? What kind of music do you listen to? What sort of YouTube things do you look on at, uh, with your computer? And what kind of jokes do you laugh at? According to the proverb I just quoted, whatever your mind dwells on determines who you are. What's for dinner applies to the stuff your mind feeds on. As a Christian, I am challenged by the issue about what kind of information would God approve of us taking into our minds. The Bible provides the answer in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where it says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is any praise, think on these things. And I'd like to paraphrase that text. And it says, what is, whatever is uplifting is good for you. Whatever makes you feel ashamed, avoid. In a previous program, I shared with you about lifestyle diseases like heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes and arteriosclerosis. I also shared some statistics about the increasing numbers of people worldwide who are overweight or obese. Nutritionists are quite convinced that the increase of lifestyle disease and overweightedness is due to two major factors. Firstly, the food that humans eat, and secondly, lack of exercise. There appears to be a relationship with the problems associated with people's physical health by problems with their emotional, social, psychological and spiritual health. In the 21st century, is crime on the, on the increase? Well, the answer is yes. In the 21st century, are law enforcement agencies keeping pace with the crime in society? No. They freely admit that it's impossible to keep crime under control. We read from 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13 
something that was written by the Apostle Paul nearly 2,000 years ago. He said, Evil men and impostors will go from worse to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Those words were clearly prophetic and are being realised in no uncertain manner in our time. But is there a root cause of the explosion of lawlessness in these days? And at this point we're going to stop and have a little break and I'll answer the question straight afterwards.
Just before the break, I asked this question. Is there any root cause or any basic cause of lawlessness in our times? And I'd like to suggest that as society becomes more and more secular, as it drifts away from the right principles of living that are expressed in the Bible, and as it regards itself as not being accountable to any higher being, that is, God, there is no reason to do what is right. I also suggest that what people take into their minds has a large influence on what they do. If people fill their minds with violence, then they are likely to be violent. If they fill their minds with trash, then trash is likely to be the outcome. If they fill their minds with lawlessness, then lawlessness is the likely outcome. And you've probably heard about copycat crimes, like someone drives into a crowd and kills and injures lots of people. That gets reported on the TV news and newspaper articles get written about it. Someone else sees it on TV or reads about it in the newspaper. He or she then tries to do the same thing because of what has been taken into their mind. Trash into the mind equals trash out. I've said something in the past that is particularly pertinent to what I'm sharing with you today, and it's this. I believe the teaching and widespread belief in the theory of evolution is one of the principal factors influencing the moral degradation of society. You see, evolution has two main tenets. Firstly, there is the elimination of God. According to evolutionist teachings, there is no God. Whatever exists, exists because it made itself. The implication of this philosophy is that no one is accountable to anyone higher than themselves. Therefore, individuals are only accountable to themselves. The rest of society does not matter. The second tenet of evolution is that mankind's origin is from some chemicals found in a swamp. That being so, mankind has no real dignity. If people trace their family trees as far back as they can go and discover that their ancestral line begins as some slime in a swamp, there's nothing to be proud of. And if there's nothing to be proud of, then why should anyone care about anyone else or anything else? Evolutionists also teach that with the passage of time, things are progressing to a more and more perfect state. Which rock have they been hiding under? Is the moral decay, the increase of disease, and the increased violence constantly surrounding us, progress? It is my opinion that evolution is to the mind what junk food is to the body. I also believe that with modern means of communication 
and the greater availability of all kinds of information, combined with the increased amount of free time, there is an increased availability of mind junk. A few days ago, one of our local TV stations was announcing the new programs it intends to broadcast in the near future. Some might call it entertainment, but to me it was mind junk. The programs are about infidelity, experimental partners and unwholesome relationships. That's mind junk. And again I want to read to you from Second Timothy, the third chapter. It begins with this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of their own selves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So the question is, where does one go from here? Do we just have to go with the flow, or is there anything that can be done about it? And I want to suggest that change must start with one individual. That's you. You can be and you can make the difference. As we approach the end of today's program, I'd like to share with you a few thoughts from a prolific Christian writer, E.G. White, who says the following, The Word of God is to be our spiritual food. The life of Christ that gives life to the world is in his word. It was by his word that Jesus healed disease and cast out demons. By his word he stilled the sea and raised the dead. As our physical life is sustained by food, so our spiritual life is sustained by the word of God. And every soul is to receive life from God's word for himself or herself. As we must eat for ourselves, in order to receive nourishment, so we must receive the word for ourselves. You know, there's a very interesting verse in Matthew 4, 4, and it goes like this. It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, that's food alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That means that life, a good life that is, depends not only on the food we eat, but by accepting the written and spoken thoughts and will of God. So how can we know what are the thoughts and will of God? Well, you don't need to look too hard because God's thought and will is given in the Bible. There 
we can learn about him who loves us so much and the extreme lengths he has gone to to save us. We can learn how to live effectively, how to be satisfied. We can learn about our origins and how to live in peace. God's Word, the Bible, contains all the essential life vitamins, minerals and nourishment we could ever need. Generally, in our modern society, people are trying to live on mind junk, when all the time they starve themselves from what is most beneficial, that is, the Word of God. If you have a Bible, you would do well to read it, even just a little at a time. Provide opportunities for yourself to carefully think about the meanings of what you read and about how those things apply to you. And if you don't have a Bible and are unable to get one, give us a call on the numbers provided with each program and we will do our best to provide a Bible for you. Finally today, I'd like to suggest that many people are afraid that if they take the Bible seriously, they might lose their freedoms. However, it is my firm opinion that instead of losing freedom, they will gain freedom. Freedom to live in peace, hope, happiness, and in the promise of receiving eternal life. What's for dinner, Mum? Well, it's up to you. You can choose mind junk, or you can choose the sustaining, nourishing Word of God. And I do hope that you will choose the latter. So, until next time then, this is Len signing off from today's program in the hope that you will make the choices to base your life on God's holy word, the Bible.